podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the moment of the evening every K-State fan enjoys. Settle down and pour a whiskey, crack open a LaCroix. Please put your hands together and make a little noise for your favorite Wildcatters, the handsome Bosco boys. The boys are back. The boys are back. It's Wednesday, so you know what that means. It is time for our weekly live show over on ColorCast. Friends, it's always my favorite time of the week. 7 o'clock, Wednesdays. It's a place to be. And folks, we're getting even... We're getting closer and closer. I I need to take a look at the calendar, and I need to uh, be sure. But before you know it, we're going to have our Big 12 Overs and Unders episode. We're going to have the Bonehead Predictions Extravaganza. Um, and then, before you know it, we're going to have our South Dakota pregame, or uh, game week, I should say, live show. Um it's going to be here before you know it. It's going to be here before you know it. Um, I'll say this. We won't be... We, we, we're not going to be doing the... We're not going to talk about Dylan Edwards tonight. Um, that's that's not what we're going to be doing. Um, I know some folks probably want to. That's not the way we're going to do things. We're not going to do that tonight. Um but but we are going to have a fun we are going to have a fun topic list I think. I think we're going to still have fun tonight. We don't need to, you know, dread and talk about uh, you know, the boring stuff. We don't have to talk about the stuff that isn't fun. Uh so we'll get in here in a second. We're going to Okay, chef, I see in the chat. I will stop you. I I can kick you out. So, uh I can stop you. We're not going to do that. We're not going to uh, fight with people on, or we're not going to talk about Twitter fights or anything like that tonight. There will be a time where we are all going to kind of go after people on Twitter. It's going to be fun. But tonight, we, we're going to just get into it. Um, all right, I filibustered enough. I'm going to let Chauncey outside. We're going to do that, and then we're going to jump into it. Again, the first week of Blitz Month, I sp- was just speaking about Chauncey. It's sponsored by Adopt Own Shop. Folks, if you're in the market for a furry friend, check out one of your local great adoption shelters for pets. They're awesome. Adopt Don't Shop, the official sponsor of week number one of Blitz Month. All right. The opening question is going to be, and this is prompted again, uh, as much as I don't like him, he has done an amazing job getting people just talking about stupid shit on Twitter every single day, and that is Big Game Boomer. So he had Casey as the number 31 entrance in college football. That prompted a lot of talk on message boards, on Twitter, about if people actually liked what we do pregame. So I'm just giving you guys open floor. It doesn't have to just be uh, the entrance. Anything in the pregame production, stuff you like, stuff you don't like. Let's start with the good chef, even though he lives in Ohio and he's only seen like one game. Take it easy. First of all, I have seen one game recently, um, Harley Day. I love that. That That is a good show. That is a good entrance, very nice pageantry. Um, I will say, um, it was a little lackluster just watching a video screen for them to pull open a garage door to let the team out. Um, I was expecting a little more, uh, explosion, uh, smoke, uh, didn't get that, but I will say all around just the whole ambiance of Bill Snyder family stadium is lovely. All right, we're going down to Rodeo Cat. Rodeo Cat, 
Uh, it doesn't have to be just the entrance. This is the entire pregame production. What do you like? What don't you like? So, as the name implies, rodeo guy, I love country music, but hot take of the night for me anyways. Um, I'm, not, I'm not in on the music video. I think we need to update our highlights package to be a little bit more modern. Um, I want to see some more 2011, 2012 highlights. I want to see, I want to see Skyler. I want to see Deuce. Hey, fair enough. I, uh, I, I will say the, uh, proud of this house has both modern and, uh, you know, old school stuff. They typically, especially once you get into the season feature stuff from the first few games, but Hey, that's fine. This isn't me defending anything. I'm just here. I want to hear what you folks like to see or what you guys want to see and what you don't want to see. Let's go up to Joel next. Joel, pre-game production. What do you like? What don't you like? Um, I, I like that it's the start of a football game. Um, that's really about it. I'd say it's, uh, it's pretty freaking boring. Um, give me some more explosions. Maybe, uh, I don't know, a new song. Give me something. Shoot, what's not taken? I don't know. All the good ones I feel like are taken. Kickstart My Heart would be kind of crazy, um, especially on, like, Harley Day. But, yeah, give me some more explosions. Maybe give me a cannon. Give me, like, a real live bobcat. I, give me something crazy. That's what I'm all I'm asking for. All right. We, we, we want crazy. Fort Riley cannons. Well, they used to have those on Fort Riley Day. I don't, I, I don't actually know if there's an easy way to get those actually down on the field because they actually used to have like some tanks and some like Humvees and stuff uh, for Fort Riley day kind of down on the field. And then they used to have the cannon up on the Hill. I don't think with the way the stadium's set up currently, they can do any of that. Put, put Willie back in that little car and have him do donuts at half freaking field. All right. Well, I, I love it. Let's go down to ES4 KSU. Uh, ES4, KSE, what do you like about pregame production on the field, on the video boards? What don't you like? So I will say I do not – I really miss the old-time Willie skits uh, and just the whole production. Even how terrible it was, I used to love the old Cat Train video after the – and then with paired up with the Willie skits. I wish we could bring that back. Um, I think the Willie KSU at the midfield is just kind of weak right now. It doesn't, he just runs out there and does it. I wish something could lead up to that. Um, And then Kleinman talked a big game about the entrance being a big thing at North Dakota state. And I just don't really think it has been since he's got here. Yeah. I, I think part of the issue is that entrance worked really well in North Dakota state because it was a dome. You could kill the lights. Uh, you had a lot more control uh, versus an outdoor stadium. So I hear that Willie does come out on that, like John Deere uh, gator now. So, I mean, at least he doesn't just run out there, but I agree. I missed the skit. Uh, let's go to Col- Colorado Cole next Colorado Cole. What do you like? What don't you like? Well, what I do like is, that it's our pregame and entrance and it gets me pumped up because I get pumped up about K-State football. But what I don't like about it is there's not really anything that differentiates it from, you know, pretty much every other school. Um, But I definitely think step up the smoke, step up the pyrotechnics. Um, I don't know. I'm thinking maybe we can like park a fighter jet, like on top of one of the buildings and just like, turn on the afterburners just to make noise and fire basically i think that'd be cool um also i just had this pretty good idea to loop back in bosco the dog you know train him to be like a bird dog and release a quail uh out into the stadium and have some you know of course heavily trained person discharge a shotgun shoot the quail and have bosco the dog retrieve the bird I don't know if that would be possible, but that's kind of my few ideas. I'm all for animal sacrifices as well. So as long as it's a bird being sacrificed and not a dog, let's just make things clear, Chef. Uh, again, hey, I, I, I'm here for here for all ideas. Let's go to Bob Trollsby. Bob Trollsby, what do you like? What don't you like? Uh, what I used to like was the Willie skit, so I'm with uh, ES4KSU on that. 
I just remember how fucking awkward it was when they when they got rid of it and Willie would just kind of run out there because it was this whole production before and you would have the paper mache like opposing uniform you know the the opposing mascot and all that shit it was just I don't know it was just there were more theatrics to it so I miss that uh, I love the quail idea um I don't know that that would be something that people would would actually go for um but you know you've got my vote of approval on it so i don't know i just something has to happen i wish we had some more creative minds like the group we have in here uh thinking through some of those decisions so hopefully we can come up with something better playing on hunter's idea like what if we like colored the quail as if he was a jayhawk that would be hilarious every time we're just shooting a jayhawk yeah, I, I I think there's zero chance that that can happen. But, hey, you know what? I'll pass on the ideas. Coley Dub down in Texas. What's up, what's up, what's up? What What do you like, what don't you like? Oh, shoot. This is not what I was going for here for this question. Um, well, what I, I can't say much for what I like. Um, I haven't been to a game in what feels like forever. Um, I think it just needs to be more exciting, I guess, uh, for what I know. <clears throat> I mean, I remember, you know, back when I was in college, they had the whole wheelie skate going on and the crazy train video and everything. I remember as a kid, that would always get me so hyped. I was always so excited and all that all that was happening. Um, I'll never forget when the wheelie skates ended. Um, but I think we need to get some kind of band, some kind of like rock band of some sort, it jams out before every game and gets a whole stadium going, just kind of like they do at Virginia Tech with the uh, Enter the Sandman by Metallica. But we need to get some band to actually play a song live and just crank it on the on the stadium sound speakers. We need to get something like that going, similar to how Virginia Tech does it, because I've been watching some of those videos this week, just watching their entrances, and it just seems so lit and awesome. Yeah, uh, that'll never happen. Uh, again, I, I said I wasn't going to tell folks that, but it won't because Frank Trace probably holds too much power over pregame. Uh, I'm sure the band folks are going to love me for that. Um, let's go to uh, the Coffee Fiend, Nick. Nick, what do you like? What do you want them to change? Um, I always like the uh, skits, Willie skits, as always, like everybody else. Um, I, I, As a kid... Um, I always liked the uh, crazy train, wildcat train coming through Manhattan to the stadium. Honestly, to make that better with the technology and animation that we have now, how can we not translate, like have the old video start and then transition into the new animation and the new uh, Willy Wildcat train uh, moving forward and then from there move on into a new new era of Willie uh, Crazy Train. Hey, there you go. We'll go to Hayes and then end this one with Hunter. Or not with Hunter, with Connor. I don't know. Who who called Cole, uh, Colorado Cole Hunter? That was wrong, uh, and now it's stuck in my head. But we'll go to Hayes and then Connor. So a couple things. The actual player entry onto the field, like the whole thing before it is cool. And then the second they start running out, it is incredibly lame. Like, we got to either get rid of the fireworks or, like, 10X them because it's kind of embarrassing. Also, I love the band, but can they just not play until maybe we, like, cross midfield? Like, we got to get a better song that's actually that's, gets hype, and then they keep playing it while they're running, and then the band can come in with the fight song because you have all that built-up momentum and then a band. And also, like, of course, the Willie thing. They don't need to do skits, but just something that gets the attention on him because no one even knows that he's doing the KSU until, like, the first U every game. Um, so, yeah, just those couple things. All right, and then we'll end this one with Connor. Connor, who uh, made his Blitz Week uh, appearance this week. If you guys haven't listened, go back and listen to Connor and I from Wednesday back on your RSS feed. Um, I'm not sure how far back we want to stretch pregame to, but I've always had a a grudge with Wildcat March, which I, I know that might be a little bit too far back. No, every basically that, everything from the 
players going in to kickoff as part of the pregame production. And I agree, okay. Wildcat March sucks. Yeah, Wildcat March is like the most generic band song I've ever heard. And it just completely takes whatever air there was just like out of the stadium in that moment because there's like nothing to do during Wildcat March. I'd like some of the stuff that we did in theory, if we had more night games, like the fireworks, I feel like are made for night games, but when like half of our games are 11 a.m. and like 1 p.m. kicks, it's just kind of weird to just set off all these fireworks and just not really be able to see them because it just like surprises people half the time because you can't actually see them. That There's just like a loud explosion. So yeah, I kind of agree. Our, our pregame's a little lackluster right now. But there's a lot of potential there. I, I know people have been interested in like lighting the stadium purple like, but that's like, again, that's something that would only work for a night game. And even then it wouldn't work again. I, I'm, I, I'm a liar. I'm a fraud. I say that I'm not going to tell people it won't work, but I know for a fact that will not work. Our, uh, our lights are not quick enough to turn back on. And those aren't the lights. Those are the video boards. So that wouldn't happen. I will say this in defense of the pregame, ha- having gone to a ton of college football games and a ton of different stadiums i actually do think there's a production value i think there are some stadiums where it's like oh it's a random video and then there's a run out with absolutely no build-up i mean the only thing oklahoma state and texas tech have is a horse like they don't even have like a real video or any actual build-up or production so i will say this about the staff i think that there is a little bit of uh production value there that isn't always there in some other spots but let's move on That was the opener. Let's get into it because today was the first day of fall camp. This is the biggest thing. I, this is the question that I asked a few people on blitz, uh, blitz month this week. Uh, every single person from Kellis Robinette to Derek Young to Shahan J. Raja is talking about what is everyone's fall camp or for Kellis shout to Kellis preseason camp storylines that you're going to keep your eyes on. I actually think there are a lot, um, there's a couple big ones I'm sure they'll be talked about, but I actually think there's a lot of stuff that K-State fans need to and will be keying in on this preseason camp. Let's start down, or let's start up with Joel. Joel, what is the number one thing you're going to be keeping your eye on? Yeah, I'm going to be keeping my eye on Khalid Duke for sure, just seeing how healthy he is and how far his progression has actually come. So that's like the biggest one for me, and then probably – Adrian Martinez turnover numbers. I, I'll be interested if 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 how much if there are continued uh, interceptions and in like team drills if that even leaks out of camp that that is kind of a low key thing I'll be keeping my eye out. Good call. Let's go down to the rodeo man himself, rodeo cat. What is the number one storyline you're going to keep your eye on? The number one storyline I'm going to keep my eye on is tight end depth. We have Ben Sinnott. Going over from fullback, uh, I'm looking for, for depth at that position. I want to see how he transitions, and I want to see who's going to be behind Wheeler, who's going to take some of those reps, because who knows. Yep, no, I'm right there with you. That's a good one. Let's go to Coley Dub. Coley Dub, what are you keeping your eye on? Hey, sorry. Um, I think someone that's not going to talk about a lot um, is linebacker position because I feel like you know obviously you all know Daniel Green. I think it'll be real interesting to see how. I can't think of his name. Who's the other guy? Will Honus. Yes, I think it'll be real interesting to see how Will Honus is holding up. I mean, it seems like he's locked in as a second linebacker. Um, really to see you know who's who's the next line of guys behind them. Uh, I think. Obviously, there's some guys that are pretty like a little solidified there as far as he's been around longer. But I mean, with Toby O, I think I think he's been making enough headway where he might get some playing time. It'll be interesting to see what they think going into spring spring camp. Yeah, I think we will see Toby O. It'll be interesting to see when he fall gets camp. his first snaps at linebacker. Yep, fall camp. I knew what you meant, Coley Dub. Connor, we talked about this on your appearance today. Uh, pick one of the uh, items. Don't don't go completely new on us. Leave a few things out there for the folks. Um, I'll roll with the safety room, uh, just because that's probably the room with the biggest amount of question marks right now. 
but I think it'll probably be fine. It's more just about the memes that emerge. I'm interested to see uh, who it'll be. That's probably what I'll be looking at the most. We'll go to E4KSU. E4KSU, what is something you're going to keep your eye on? And uh, maybe, like, what do you want to see from it? In your perfect world, what are you going to keep an eye on, and what do you want to hear leaked out of camp about it? Yeah, I would definitely would uh, piggyback off the safety point. Uh, we know we got some good transfers in, uh, but we don't know a ton about them. Uh, but the biggest thing is I think this is the most talented team we've had since 14. Every position looks pretty solid. Hopefully depth comes through. Uh, we hear that the second strings are p- doing pretty well. And mostly all just stay healthy. That's the biggest thing. Just get to the season with everyone all the whole roster still ready to go. Yeah, because folks, uh, I think, kind of forget that Taylor Poitier got went down late in fall camp last year. And again, uh, Connor Riley said in his fall camp uh, availability that he was the top lineman on the team before that injury. So uh, health is a big one. I'm glad you brought that up. Let's go to Nick and then Bob Trollsby. Um. Honestly, I think that we need to focus in on, uh, obviously, who's going to back up Deuce, who's going to get the carries. Um, and then I'm honestly looking at potentially seeing how Klein's going to run, how fast is he going to run his offense. You know, obviously, talk about uh, no huddle a couple of times, but how often are we going to do that, you know? Um, kind of, I just kind of want to see the tempo and – see what he's going to bring offensively um, to get more plays and more opportunities to score. All right, we'll go to the commission himself, Bob Trollsby, who will be hosting the Cocaine Cats after party at approximately 8.45 tonight. Um, all right, no, is it 8.45 Central? What time are you going yeah. Central? 8.45 Central? Central. 8.45 okay. Central. Just so, 45 minutes after this wraps up. Yeah, so after this wraps up, pour yourself a drink. Play with your dogs a little bit and then hop on the cocaine cats after party. Uh, Kamish, what, what's the storyline you're hoping to key in on this fall camp? I think to Connor's point, the safeties are, are a big question mark. I'm curious to see what happens with that position group. Um, and honestly, like you, you bring up a good point with Taylor Poitier and, and I think Khalid Duke, like some of the, some of the injury stuff, I'm curious to see if they can stay healthy, but I'm curious to see how they both bounce back from, pretty significant season ending injuries. Um, so if, if they can continue to perform at that level that we all thought they would at the beginning of the season, that's going to be really important uh, from a depth standpoint. So um, I, that's, that's where I'm at. All right, let's go to Hayes and then finish this one up with Colorado Cole. Hayes, what's the storyline you're going to be dialed in on? Man. Yeah. You're suspended chef. No, we'll, we'll go to chef to finish this one off. Uh, mine is the receiving room. Um, we know that so many people are returning, but can, they still need to take that step up that we're like waiting on. So, um, and also RJ Garcia, of course, I feel like we've heard about him for ages. I think he's a redshirt sophomore. So what, this would be like the third fall camp. They always talk about him and then nothing happens, but I want to hear some more about him. I think he's a redshirt and, freshman actually. Man, it feels like so long. <laughs> um, but maybe it's Keenan Garber I'm mixing up with. But I want to hear some progress out of him. And then I want to just one tweet out of DY or something that says, like, Malik Knowles has caught, like, 15 balls and dropped zero. And that will get me ready. I'll be interested uh, how much media open practices there are. That very first year, I I feel like there was an open period a couple times a week. Um I don't, I don't know if there was any last year because there's still some COVID stuff. So I don't really know what's going on. I, I reached out to Ryan Lackey. I'm trying to get on uh, on the uh, listserv so I can get all the uh, emails and stuff. I'm not going to go to practices, but I'd like the official, you know, post game stats sent to my email. You know, I would like to get the press releases. Uh, we'll see. We'll see if Ryan plays nice with me and gets me on there. So we'll go Colorado Cole and we'll end with Chef. Maybe. I'll, I'll decide in the next 30 seconds if Chef is suspended or not. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like it's already kind of been said, but I'm definitely looking to see 
some of the big boys up front take a leap. I mean, I think we've got an obvious all-conference selection at Cooper BB. I'd love to uh, see someone else make a jump, and I think someone will. Um, and then, I don't know, maybe I, I'd like to see some DJ Giddens loves. I mean, people say about how <clears throat> how fast of a player he is and how good he is. I'd love to see that come to fruition. Yeah, I would love to see DJ the Blue Jay, uh, you know, take some steps. I'd love to see him get a, you know, a garbage time touchdown versus South Dakota. I'd go wild for that. I'm a big DJ the Blue Jay fan. All right, Chef, you're not suspended. Thank God. You haven't done well. anything. You haven't done anything today, but you probably should have been suspended for some of your nonsense on these live shows. You're not, but just know I'm always watching. I'm prepared at any moment because, you know, DE might get brought up. But I will say everybody's got great valid points for what they're looking for. And I completely agree. But I'm looking at special teams. Is Chris Tennant going to be able to improve and get those chippies under control? He's got the big booming leg. He's 6'5", 220, intimidating kicker, first off the bus. But will he be able to control that? Ty Zettner, he's... He's going to be maybe first team all Big 12 punter this year, and we know the returners, but will we get a gunner like a Brock Monty, or will Seth Porter be able to step into that role and have the special team leader that we're looking for? You know, I'm always looking for some of those like just wild child, uh, you know, special teams players. Again, Deuce Vaughn isn't going to be a gunner or not Deuce Vaughn, Jacksonine. But if you guys go back and watch him play, uh, he was on kickoff coverage on and off throughout that entire season. That man is possessed. I know, I know a lot of people, especially on K-Style Online, love to give me shit about my love for Jacksonine. People hate the nickname Seawolf. I'm not talking about that. But anyone who tries to take away from the athlete this guy truly is, and like a pure football player. If you put Jack Stanine back in the 90s, this kid is an All-American and probably getting drafted in the NFL. I, I mean, this guy is just pure rage on the football field. And again, he can't be a gunner, uh, so that's not going to happen. But I want him on kickoff coverage again. Uh, but to Chef, to your point, I'm going to put you back on the hot seat. If you had to make a prediction, if you had to make a guess, who might be that madman on special teams? Might be that gunner who, you know, has a couple big hits after uh, Zentner just lays it up there, just a beautiful punt. Who are you? Who, who do you think might be one of those guys? Dude, I'm, I'm telling you, Seth Porter is going to be the leader in the clubhouse because he's lightning fast and he's going to. He's going to go down there and throw his head around because he wants to get on the field. But I'm looking defense and maybe even a freshman that we've heard about. But, I mean, just looking to get himself onto the field. Jack Clifton, freshman from Oklahoma, linebacker, a little bit undersized. But if you put him just so he can get a little bit of a nudge on the block and he's running down there full head of steam, he's a headsy player. That's what we've all heard. Let's just get him out there on special team to blow somebody the hell up. You might see that late in the year. I don't see Clifton. I don't see Jake. I think it's Jake Clifton. I don't think he's going to do that the full year because I think they're going to try to preserve that. Damn, I wish it was Jack uh, Clifton. I, Jake's not that good, but Jack would be <laughs> would be appropriate. Yeah. So I I uh, I I think that uh, I don't know if it's going to be next year, but I think linebacker the future, uh, Toby O and Clifton. I think we are in good hands at linebacker. And I'll also say this, you know, with all my love for Jack, er, Jack Stanine, his little brother Jet, who is technically a safety, that's also just a pure madman who played safety and quarter or quarterback at Free State, pure athlete. It won't be next year uh, or this year, but maybe next year, maybe his uh, redshirt sophomore season. I think he is the exact type of guy you might be seeing in one of those just crazy son of guns, just on a gunner on special teams. And again, I like your shout out to the Porters. I love the Porter family, uh, both the kids. And I actually, I've gotten to chat with uh, Papa Porter a couple times as well. Great K-State family. Love them all. Let's move on to the next one. And this, of course, I, you know, we're, we're not going to talk about the Twitter feuds today. 
It's it, we're not going to do it, but something that stirred on a lot of conversation, a lot of content on Twitter. We're not going to talk about the fight. Our friends over at ten twelve talking about dark horses versus contenders versus who can make it to Arlington this season. As always, you know we're gargantuan on the Bluebird. We blew out the Twitter poll, and then Philip over at ten twelve declared K State no longer a dark horse but a contender. My question to you guys is this. Is K-State football a contender to make it to Arlington? Or dark horse to make it to Arlington? I don't think any of you guys are going to say no shot at Arlington, but I'll put that out there as well. But if you look at how the media ranked us, if you look at how Vegas is putting stuff up, I don't see how you can call us a contender. I don't see how... I mean, I think, you know, if you're going purely off of how the media and Vegas is treating K-State... They think we're closer to no shot than even dark horse. So that's why the conversation persists. We're going to start with, let's start with Coley Dub on this one. Coley Dub, where do you put K-State football when we're talking Arlington? Contender, dark horse, or no shot? Contender, 100%. We're going to uh, we're gonna get there. We're going to get to the Big 12 championship and win one. Um, I think there's been enough, enough, blue verified check marks on Twitter and the podcast game that have constantly been saying K-State as a dark horse. So, I mean, if, at some point, you got to turn over that dark, you got to turn into a contender instead of a dark horse, right? I think there's been enough uh, enough credit to back that up. So, yeah, absolute contender. It is interesting to see some of the national guys, some of the more national folks, throw that dark horse title on us. Yet no one in the regional media is doing so. So it is always interesting to see that split. I'm going to go haywire with my order. So folks, speak up in the uh, chat if, if, if it's getting towards the end and I haven't talked to you yet. But we're going haywire. We're going to go to the commish Bob. Bob trolls me on this one. Contender, on one. Dark, contender horse, dark Horse, or, horse no or No Shot? I think we're a contender. Um, I feel like if there was no shot, that would only be a situation where we are so injury ridden that we just don't have any of the starters think like Deuce Vaughn, you know, Felix, Adrian Martinez. If we're so injury laden that we just can't even field our first string, that would be like a COVID year 2020 situation where it it sucks. There's no shot. I think we are a contender. Obviously, I, I think I like Paracat Ryan's point that, you know, we didn't get any first place votes. That said, do you think that Iowa State is a contender? Um, I wouldn't say that they are, regardless of the fact that they got a first place vote or not. Um, but I, I would I would go with contender uh, if you had to put a gun to my head. All right, let's go to Colorado, go to Colorado, Colorado Cole next. Cole. Colorado Cole, dark horse contender or pretender? Winner, winner, chicken contender, baby. I love it. So, so what would you tell Vegas and what would you call the regional or tell the regional media that has us, you know, in that fifth, sixth range, no first place votes? Why do you think that they're sleeping on the cats then? I think it's just uh, historical bias. I mean, people think that Texas has a shot at even making the playoff this year or make me, you know, being a dark horse for the playoff. Um, uh, you know, they got the Jimmys and Joes, but if you look at their roster, it's like 60% of it is freshmen and sophomores. So I think probably around 85% of the national media doesn't really know what's actually going on. They're just kind of basing everything they say off of preconceived notions. All right, let's go to Joel next because it seems like he uh... – he has some other activities he's going to participate in. Uh, what does that mean? Oh, I, I get it now. Um, yeah, I think we're a contender, but I, I would honestly rather be a dark horse, to be honest. I love playing that underdog role. Well, there you go. I I honestly, again, I, I like the blue checks, but I, I don't see any. I, I still think we are in that dark horse territory. We'll go down to E4KSU, E4KSU, contender, dark horse, or pretender. I mean, we're definitely a contender, but uh, I don't understand how we are 
not perceived as that way. I mean, I do. If you look back to the 2012 season going into the preseason poll after 11-win season, we were pre-ranked six in the conference. Just complete disrespect uh, after returning most of our starters. Uh, last year, we won eight games. We're returning majority of our starters, and we have probably – we lead the, lead the Big 12 in first team – uh, all Big 12 preseason selections, and we have a lot of high draft picks. Um, I think it's just because our name's Kansas State, uh, why we are not selected as a contender to start it, because every other stat point would point towards we should be one of those top three teams. Also, most members on the PFF preseason All-American list as well. Uh, we'll go next up to Chef. Chef. Contender, pretender, dark horse. Stop, Brittany. Stop hitting me with that ball. Anyway. I think um, Brittany should keep hitting you. <laughs> Listen, I'm on a podcast. Stop. So, I would say we're truly a contender. I mean, you look at the overall, the over-under numbers. It says six and a half. But, I mean, the the number is pressed. To the over to what is it one eighty or minus one eighty? I mean that's just absurd. Everybody knows we're going to win more than seven games. We'll be pushing nine, maybe ten, and we'll be right there wearing the whites, and we'll win it. We'll win it easy. There we go. Let's go to uh, let's go to Nick next. Nick the coffee fiend. First off, are you going to send the uh, sports drink CEO any uh, coffee? Yes, uh, I need to. Uh send him a dm about that that was uh, that was awesome i was i've been busy all day working um i had to uh stop and grab a little bit of a drink drink for the way home when i do get home um honestly and to answer your, your question about you know pretender contender dark horse i think we are a dark horse very strongly a dark horse but flirting with the uh, contender i think if the potent um the games that we need to win. Um, we just need to, uh, yeah, win those, obviously, and make it into a contender instead of a uh, dark horse and show the world that K-State is for real. All right, we're going to go Connor, Rodeo, and then I think Hayes is our last one. Again, speak up in the chat if I have that wrong, but Connor, Rodeo, and then Hayes. Um, I would say we're a contender right now, mainly because of the state of the Big 12, where I think that it's going to be a little wide open, especially at the beginning of the year. So I think that by just by that alone, I mean, I feel pretty confident in Baylor being good. But beyond that, there's going to be probably four teams that are truly competing down to like the final handful of weeks to get into that second spot. And it's probably not going to be an OU dominant year like it normally is. That we've been getting a lot more media respect as a dark horse. And it feels like it's been that all summer. And the longer you go on with the dark horse narrative and the more it circulates, it almost gets to a point where you're pretty much a contender, at least in name, even though I would say I'd still categorize this as like, if we were grouping like five contenders together, we're probably on the outside of that group, but I, I'd still be able to say contender right now. Yeah. So I, I know you said it won't be a year Oklahoma dominates, but according to Brett McMurphy, they're one of, I think eight teams that are uh, at least in Vegas right now, favored to win all 12 of their games. Uh, we'll go down to rodeo rodeo. Have I hit you on this one yet? Again, I went crazy with the order. Not yet, not yet. All right, let's um, hear it. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say, we're a fringe contender, but with the mindset of a dark horse, and that's what we like. We got shafted, pardon my language, but we got shafted by the uh, by the locals. Um, but my boy Carl Reed came up strong. Um, that's what makes us that fringe contender. I think a lot of our games are a lot of our important games are on the road this year, which will make it tough. But that Iowa State game, man, I'm, I'm juiced for that. Yes, and I know what time the wedding I have to, or I get to attend, one of my oldest friends of all time. So happy he's getting married. But 
that's a it's like a 3 p.m. wedding, so I need that to be an 11 a.m. game very badly. Very badly need that to be an 11 a.m. game. All right, we'll go to Hayes next. Hayes, finish us off, and then we'll move on to topic three. Is it possible to be a white horse? Because we're not on a contender route or on a contender level, national media-wise, but you to be a dark dark horse you have to like sort of come out of nowhere or at least be unexpected and at this point it's expected so i'm going to categorize us as a nice white white horse i love it i love it all right final topic and we'll uh i think we're lining up so we can have uh hot takes uh live round two uh depending on how we get through this but week zero is really just a few weeks away. This is a conversation I've had just about every year, and I want to ask you guys, week zero, let's play the Goldilocks game. Too much, too little, or just right with the amount of games? So we'll start off, and I'm going to keep it in a more, or I'm not going to go as crazy with the order here. I know what I'm doing. We're going to start with Rodeo Cat. Week zero, too much, too little, or just right? I think that it's bordering on just right. I think it's a little underweighted now, but if we added something now, something now, it'd be too much. So I think this is about as good as we're going to get. Um, you'd like to see some, like some games on some. But I'm looking at the roster now, and I, I'd want to see some on some bigger networks. But Fox is what Fox is. All right, we'll go up to Coley Dub. Coley Dub. Week zero, Goldilocks game. What do you say? Too little. I'm the big. I'm the biggest fan of college football. I will take all the college football I can get. It only lasts so long throughout a whole year. So sign me up for another full slate of week zero games instead of what they have now. Whoa, we got a full week. All right, all right. We'll go to Connor next. Week zero. Do you want the full menu? Do you just want an appetizer? Do you want to go traditional and say no? Zero week zero. What where does Connor of the Aggieville Alley Cat stand? I'm pretty close with uh my man Radio Cat. I think that it's almost just right, but I would say that it's just slightly too little. I'd like like maybe one more big game. I don't want it to be like a huge like week because something I like about week zero is it just kind of like allows some uh, smaller teams like in non-power fives to get a nice spotlight for that. So yeah, like the one big game maybe, which I mean, granted there's some like interesting matchups, like, and like games just have like interesting novelties to them, like Northwestern Nebraska and Ireland. That's going to be interesting simply because it takes place in Ireland. And I just kind of want to see how that goes, but I could, I could go with like one more truly, like big game, but I'm going to still enjoy watching uh, some more G5 matchups. All right, all right. We'll go up to Joel. Joel, what's your stance on week zero? Man, I think it is just right. It's just a teaser, just an appetizer. It's that miso soup before hibachi. It's perfect. And what there's nothing wrong with just a little foreplay. You got to enjoy that as well. A poet, truly. Uh, we'll go to the good chef, chef. I, I think it's too much. I mean, honestly, if it's if it's added to, it's not week zero anymore. It's just week one. So, I mean, what are we doing here? I think it just needs to be a teaser just to let you know college football's back, play with you a little bit, get you all ready to go, you know, looped up, baby, and then we're coming in with week one. All right, we'll go to Hayes next. Hayes, thoughts on week zero? I think it is very close to perfect. Maybe just a tiny bit too little. Maybe like one more decent game. It's kind of funny the niche that Nebraska has carved out. I think it was two years straight that they're the first game of the college football season. So good for them, I guess. Well, the, it was supposed to be in Ireland last year, but then uh, you know the Irish people said, you Americans have too much COVID, so you can't come. So that is why uh, Northwestern took the place of Illinois – and they're going to Ireland this year. So uh, I don't think they, like, carved out that niche. You know, they just had too much COVID last year. We'll go to Colorado Cole next. Colorado Cole, Goldilocks game with week zero. What do you think? 
I think the amount of games is fine. Uh, I think maybe I'd like to see a few better games that might actually be interesting to watch. I mean, I'd have to relook over it, but it seems like that Nebraska Northwestern game is really the most interesting. And correct me if I'm wrong. And that's like on a normal week, that's barely even a good game. So amount's fine, but maybe just some better matchups. All right, we're going to the commish, then Nick, and then we'll end with ES4KSU. I'm right there with Colorado Cole. I, I think I think back to, remember when K-State and Nebraska played in the Tokyo Dome, but that game was in December? Why not have a big ticket matchup between two historic rivals and play it in a really random spot, kind of like Nebraska Northwestern, but have it be an actual rivalry game. There's not a rivalry between Nebraska and Northwestern. Have it be a rivalry game between two two teams that have been since separ- separated because of conference realignment. So like backyard brawl, but play it in a cool like neutral site. Um, I would I think the amount of games is fine. I don't really get super excited for week zero because frankly I'm I'm a Big Twelve fan first, and I just don't really care about a lot of the matchups that are on there. Um, so I would love to see you know a conference realignment, you know, rivalry that had not necessarily been played for, for a number of years. That would be, you know, I, I want more of a, like a big ticket rivalry game or a big ticket matchup. All right. The coffee fiend. Yeah. So I'm, uh, I'd have to agree with Connor. I think it's just a little, it's just right. Um, it allows the uh, non glorified programs, uh, your group of five programs like KU, uh, to have their shot in the national spotlight. Um, I think it's just right. Maybe one more big game, but uh, like Bob Trollsby said, maybe a historic rivalry, but it's it's honestly just, just a tip. It's the appetizer for the college football season, and then we're right, right there week one, so that's mine. All right, and then we're going to wrap up this question to ES4KSU. So what I would like to see happen, I would like uh, there to be a little bit more, uh, but a lot of the uh, G5 schools. So maybe start on a Thursday night with a uh, early season action, move on to maybe Sunbelt on Friday, and then on the weekend games, I don't necessarily really like the neutral site games, but if they just moved all the neutral site games, big games for maybe one Friday, one Saturday night, Sunday and Monday, all the neutral site games for the big season, like the Chick-fil-A one or whatever other ones there are, did them all on week zero. I think that'd be pretty cool. And then week one is all starting on college of campuses. I like that idea a lot. What if they did like a tournament style, not a tournament style, but just like everybody plays and, the Superdome or whatever, the Mercedes-Benz Dome, and it's just continuous games at that venue, and you can sit there and watch, like, three games in a day. Kind of like Texas high school football. Yeah. But I uh, like start that. with, like, G5 and then move up to P5. I like yeah. that. Yeah, so I actually – so they, they kind of do that in Atlanta. I think week one they have a game there Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Someone will have to fact check me on that. But I like that idea. Uh, I And honestly – I had an idea, and what I wanted to do was you have 10 games, and a, my original idea was there would be a designated home team for all 10 of them, one from every conference. But I actually, I, I think ES4KSU has this right. I think you have your week zero kickoff Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night, where you have, again, one conference is going to be left out, but you have you know, a triple header, you know, starting at 11, the second game at three, the last one kicking off at seven, you know, you have one in Jerry world, you have one in, you know, Las Vegas or SoFi, you have the other one in Atlanta or New Orleans. I think that is the greatest idea. And I actually think that is where we need to go for week zero. So uh, my gushing right now is probably tipping off who might be getting the, uh, MVP of the night, unless someone can come in strong with Hot Takes Live Volume 2. But I love that idea from ES4KSU. But what we're going to do now, we have about 12 minutes. Uh, it, it went quick. 
uh, you know, in the main stuff, but I wanted to get to volume two of Quick Takes. Anyone who was involved in the very first one, uh, things got heated. Things got wild. You guys actually made me edit a live show, which is the first time that ever happened. I hope I don't have to do it again, but we're going to go to it again. I want a hot take with college football. It doesn't have to be K-State. It doesn't have to be Big 12 related. Uh, it could be anything college football related, a hot take that you actually believe and that if I wanted to argue with you, I'm going to try not to, but you would argue that passionately. So I want to hear your hot takes. Let's see where this goes. Again, don't make me edit shit tonight, folks. Come on. Everyone knows who I'm talking about. Let's start off with um, let's start off with Bob Trollsby. I believe in Bob. I'm sure he has some sort of take for us tonight. What is your hot take hot live take volume live two? Volume two. Farmageddon in Arlington, 2022. Oh, so that that is oh, your geez. official prediction. K State, Iowa State, State in Arlington. Arlington. I'm saving. I'm saving Damn, that for the hot. big. I'm saving that for the big extravaganza. But I mean, you wanted a hot take, so I'm. I'm just gonna throw it out there. It's a fucking Ooh. boiling hot take. Jesus. Yeah. I mean, I don't think Iowa State's going bowling, but hey, you know what? I respect it. Let's go to last week's MVP, the Rodeo Cat. Rodeo Cat, give me your hot take. Do DJ Uyunglele will not start more than five games. Clemson. Whoa, that is a little bit of a hot take. Um, That is a hot take. I am. So we have a full row or a full house. I'm trying to get Casey Railroader up here. He requested the mic. So I'm trying to put him on the quote unquote hot seat, but they've changed it so I can add more time. So KSU Railroader, if you want to get in, uh, feel free to accept that. Let's go to Coley Dub next. Coley Dub, what's your hot take? George Kleakov is a nerd. Uh, that's not a hot take. That's fine. Uh, let's go to the Railroader live from the Railroad. Welcome back, my friend. Uh, do you have a hot take, or you can uh, comment on anything that you've uh, heard us talk about so far? All right, well, I, I like that. I like the idea of using week zero to expand the uh, idea of college football. Thank you for hopping up here, uh, Railroader. All right, let's go to Colorado Cole. Colorado Cole, what hot take do you have for me? So I would like to preface my hot take by calling out our great host, Scott Wildcat, for claiming that our very own Kansas State fighting Wildcats will put up zero fifty burgers on the year. <laughs> and I am predicting over two and a half fifty burgers orchestrated by our, by our fearless offensive coordinator Colin Klein. Hammer the over. Two and a half? Oh my. Well, so we're we're usually at only one a year under Chris Kleiman. Uh and I st- I need to see it. I need to see it. Uh, and if it doesn't happen versus South Dakota, I don't see it happening. But hey, I would love to be wrong. And you know what? I'm I'm glad you called me out. Uh, I'm glad you called me out, Cole. I appreciate that. Um, let's go to Chef. Chef, you're on thin ice. What's your hot take? Well, I mean, I'm not gonna have a crazy spicy take like that one or the the farmageddon in big 12 that is a crazy spicy take but i will say that ohio state loses to michigan for the second straight year because they can't stop the run and uh what's the guy from oklahoma state that just got hired uh, uh yeah the bowls bowls yes bowls i think he's on yeah. he's on the hot seat year one Whew. man when's the last time michigan won in columbus they well, shit, it's been a long time. They had won like 12 in a row before that. So 
I mean, it's it's been a long time, and they got damn close two years ago. So, uh, or three years ago. So, I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be hell if they win two straight in years. And I think they're gonna run the ball straight down that that throat again. All right. Well, I, I like it. Let's go to Connor Baltazar, Connor of the Aggieville Alleycats. Give me your hot take. Um, I'm gonna say. K-State not only gets the same six guys to first-team All-Big 12 uh, postseason, but they add an additional two. Holy shit. Someone uh, someone either live or listening, tweet me the last time a school had eight members on a first-team All-Conference postseason. That's wild. Let's that go has up. to be Oklahoma 2003. I mean, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. They had a shit ton. Someone find that for me. Let's go up to the baby maker, Joel. Uh, golly, bro. Ain't no babies being made over here. Um, my hot take, um, I actually got this from a buddy at work today. He's a Nebraska fan. And he said uh, the Big Ten is going to keep expanding and eventually push Nebraska back into the Big 12. I mean, that would just be hilarious. I, I, I would find that very funny. Um, let's go to Hayes, then Nick, and then uh, I think we'll end with ES4KSU. Look, I sucked last time, and I'm good the rules, but not by that much. This is my favorite hot take, and I feel so strongly. Bo Jackson is the most overrated football player of all time and one of the most overrated athletes. <laughs> Wow, I mean, I look. He I don't never know. Rush for a thousand yards in a season. His best season, I mean, he averaged eighty-five a game. I, I'm fine with saying he might be an overrated running back, but any dude who you know, MLB All Star game and what four years starting in the NFL, five years. I mean, that's pretty four, good yeah. athlete. That's fine, but he was a pretty good football player, and people want to put him in a top five running back. That's all. Oh. Anyone who's saying top five running back, they're stupid. They're stupid. So I'm right there with you. All right, uh, we'll go to Nick, and then we're going to end with ES4KSU. I think that Alabama will not win the SEC or make the college football playoff this year. Ooh, that's that's spicy. That's spicy. I would love to see it. Again, I actually like Nick Saban. I think think he's the greatest uh, coach of any sport at any, like I think what he's been able to do second to none. Um, but I, I would love to see them, you know, only, you know, go nine and three this season. I would love for to play an unmotivated Alabama with a bunch of opt outs in the sugar bowl and then beat them by like 15, 16. That would be amazing. That's my dream scenario. Uh, but let's go to ES4KSU, who also is the MVP of the night for his week zero idea. So give me your hot take and then say whatever you want to boneheads and K-State fans everywhere. So my hot take I've been sitting on for quite some time and I've been wanting to get it out to the public. Everyone knows in the last decade, the two most underachieving schools among the haves are Nebraska and Texas. But the most underachieving program of all time in college football, who has every ability to be a, a blue, blue blood, is Texas A&M. They are an absolute toilet program. They are constantly underachieving. And I absolutely hate the love they are getting right now in the SEC because they don't deserve a second of it. I absolutely love that. I'll be honest with you. When you were saying that, in my head, I was trying to think of some programs, who it might be. Uh, I, I thought of a few, and A&M was not there for me because, again, I don't even think about Texas A&M. I think it's, I think it's wild. I think, uh, I think the SEC media has been just trying to find another team to pump up, and I think they just landed on Texas A&M because they rec- recruit real well. Um, that actually might be... One of the uh, closing questions, What what is a football school you think should be a blue blood but has never come close? And Texas A&M, I think, probably is in the top five or seven. So 
props to you, ES4, KSU. And then again, you have MVP of the night because, again, your week zero idea was perfect. So I'm going to go to you, tell K-State fans, tell Boneheads, tell administrators, players, coaches who listen to this show anything you want. We are almost there, boys. We only got a couple more weeks. Start getting ready. Start working on the tailgate ideas. Read the blogs. Listen to Bosco boys. We're almost there. Only a couple more weeks. Get excited. There we go. And that is that. Uh, If you guys are listening on release day Friday, we will have the second member of the Aggieville Alley Cats, Ace Edwards, on for Blitz Month. And then again, it rolls on all month long. We'll have three more guests to break down and preview this year's K-State Wildcats next week. I'm working on getting Gene Taylor back on the show sometime before football season. Still trying to find a time with Jerome Tang. Still also trying to maybe grab one more football staff member before the season is here uh, to give you guys some fun content. Get us to game week. We love you guys. Be here or be square next Wednesday, 7 p.m. Start brushing up on your Big 12 overs and unders. That might be next week. Stay tuned. Keep your eyes on Twitter. That might be the show next week. I love you guys. Can't wait to talk to you again. And again, Grant's back on Twitter with his 12th account. So, you know what? Go find him and, and ask him if he's at the cat head. Go find him. Maybe at the cat head. It's time to get set for the cat attack. You can feel the excitement. You can feel it coming on. For Kansas State, the feeling's growing strong. You can join in the action. This is where you want to be. With Kansas State, come on, set your spirit free. Kansas State, our pride is with the cats. Kansas State, come on, join the cat attack. Kansas State, excitement's in the air. Kansas State, the fun is being there. Having a good time there. Purple and white we share. Showing our colors everywhere. Kansas State, our pride is with the cats. Kansas State, come on, join the Podcast Network.